name of missing person. Don't you have this written down somewhere? I've answered it a thousand times. Name of missing person, please. You've been in touch with our embassy down there? Well, Senator, all they seem to know is that ML is missing. Date of disappearance. He's been gone two weeks. He could be hurt or tortured. Time of disappearance. I look from everywhere. He's just gone, vanished. The soul of Detroit. After analyzing all the data, we still come to the conclusion that he must be in hiding. You know damn well he's not in hiding. Our whole neighborhood saw him picked up by a goon squad. I don't want to hear any of your anti-establishment paranoia. Why don't you just go home? I'll find my host by myself. You asked it to ride your right my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You are qualified, MLB. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hello, boys and girls. Uh, and that seems very demeaning to say that. So I'll just say hello, everybody. Good morning, Don. Don's on Facebook watching. You can catch the Soul of Detroit on uh, the Facebook page for ML Elric, or you can find it on YouTube as well, where we're at. It's uh, Mark Fellhauer with you. ML Elric, as you can tell from the open, is still missing. He's still not with us. He's still not in studio. That's three out of the last four weeks he hasn't been here, but with us. As always, Sean Windsor sitting in MLC. How you doing, Sean? A big seat to fill, you know? And where is Mike? I mean, uh, he reportedly Scotland. That's fine, yes. but yeah, three out of four weeks. It's his <laughs> name is on the moniker in the title. Exactly. Well, do you know, hey, by the way, do you know that intro? Do you know where that movie, uh, what that movie was? No. It's a movie called Missing. Have you ever heard of it? The Sissy Spacek. Yes, and, I have. Have you really? Yeah, I remember it was a it was a big deal. That was back when when Hollywood could make dramas that were talkers in our culture. That doesn't happen very often. No, all Hollywood makes now is um, like superhero movies and um, cartoons for Pixar, and everything else goes to streaming. There's too much. There's too much stuff out there right now. So, but it is, yeah, no. But seriously, it's amazing what dramas used to to be. Yeah. In part, I mean, we've replaced it with Ted Lasso, which is fine. It's all migrated to television, and that's good. Television's never been better. But the movie experience, going and sitting with a 150 other people or whatever to watch a you know it's terms done. of endearment or whatever, and Jack Nicholson I talking think, about being an astronaut. You, you mean know? all these Sony classic uh, entertainment? movies remember that sony classic the blue screen yeah no. i do or how, how about just things like uh, and i'm not saying this is good or bad but how about uh or that we necessarily need it but how about things like meg ryan faking an orgasm in a no, diner no no no. i mean i, but, I know but, what you mean but you just you just remember something or sharon stone you know crossing her legs or all those great miramax uh films what happened to miramax <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. Wasn't that Harvey Weinstein's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Miramax. Oh, what what, yeah, what came on? What What was looping through cable? The uh, Cable's not even a thing anymore. It was looping through somewhere the other day. Enemy of the State, a Will Smith, Gene Hackman movie. It was a 90s movie, though, not one of the dramas we're talking about. But it's... <laughs> Miramax? It just still has a, name on do, there. Do you rem- and and it, you watch five minutes of it, not even that long, and the handheld cameras and the jump cuts and... All that sort of jaunty movement and and just the way people talk to each other, the the over the top shoot, you know, the, everywhere you went, people were pulling guns out and shooting up offices and and that sort of thing in those kind of movies. That that's what uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, that's yeah, the producer I was thinking of. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So 
those are uh, those are mostly gone too. Um, I do want to mention right off the bat some of our sponsors. Uh, we'll start with the Kaju Cafe, the pride of the East Side. If you're looking for live music and, and of course, ML, because he seems to always be at the Kaju, um, the cafe is the place to go for live music. Wednesdays, karaoke. Thursdays, Billy Brandt, the Sugarees, John Hook of the Sequins. I mean, they are just loaded up with music every day of the week. Saturday, they have a Bob Dylan uh, tribute before the flood. And there's the Sunday Fun Jam, just so many things. Check it all out at kajucafe.com. They even have Monday Open Blues Jam and Muscle, muscle Madness, where all you can eat muscles. So for more information, once again, find out what's going on inside and outside. They do have a great outside at the Kaju Cafe. You can check it out at kajucafe.com. We are also brought to you by Hall Financial and Luke Nowacki, and more on them in a bit. But, Sean, um, congratulations. I opened up the Free Press website, and uh, you're at the top of the, the page again. Why Is that because I always read your column, or is their new column that hot? That it's at the top of the page. Well, I don't think it's me. I, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's the subject matter, right? The What's the hottest team in, in our area right now? And they're not even playing. They're a couple of months away from their season still. Okay. Well, that's what drives me nuts about this is that the article, <laughs> I'm not ragging on you, but the article is a Lions article where you're just predicting the game. Some people would say that maybe that's a little lazy. Is that a little lazy? No, not in the environment that we're in. You know, well, the Lions are a home it's a, run. It's a business decision. <laughs> well, which seems very un Windsor esque, I think. No, it's just not as obvious. I mean, you all, every single thing you write, you you think about, are there, is anybody going to care at all? So that's always part of the equation. It's just some are less obvious than others. This was obviously obvious. But you were saying, because uh, we didn't talk about it too much before the show, but you were saying that your editor was like questioning the, the choice for this column. Well, it's funny because uh, the Lions recently finished their their organized team activities. You know the the mini camp. I like to call them the OTAs. Yeah, the OTAs. The the mini camp and a week before that, or a couple of weeks before that, was the rookie mini camp where the the, the drafted rookies got their first uh, practices. Dan Campbell, the Lions coach, calls them pajama parties because they're not in pads. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't remember the. I don't know that I've ever been out for a rookie mini camp as many times as I went, or just OTAs. Normally it's the beat guys out there, and not that many of them. But the media room was packed every time I went out the, Are a there, couple of weeks They're out-of-towners, right? Aren't there are some out-of-towners. They're more local people. They're, every columnist in town was there, right? They're more t- TV people. It's just, you know, it's funny. I was talking to um, Mike O'Hara, the great longtime mm-hmm. beat writer for the Detroit News, who actually now works for the Lions. He works for, covers the team for the website sort of in-house, who's been around the team since, I want to say, the 70s. You know, I can't remember what year in the 70s. And he said, in a, you know, at least since the – he hadn't seen this kind of hype, not just hype, but the, the bigger thing is the anticipation, the excitement, since the early 90s, the, which is the last time the Lions won a playoff game. Love that team. And, yeah, he said, you know, even then, but, but, even, but even that team that got and lost the NFC Championship game to the Washington back then Redskins – I don't think people quite saw that team coming. So, in his opinion, the the last time there was this much buzz was the early '80s with the Billy Sims teams. Well, it's splitting hairs a little bit, but but that's what's happening, right? We're talking about decades since this region has felt the way it feels right now. So, I'm just trying to tap into that. Yeah, my people my age, I don't remember that. I don't remember a buzz like this, which makes me feel like it's just set up for a letdown. But it could be, no, for sure. That's absolutely out there. Well, to that point, you go through the schedule, you go through every single game. And you yeah, that's not it. lazy. 
That actually took some work and thinking about the other <laughs> well, no. teams. And <laughs> okay, not not lazy, but oh boy. See, I don't want to. I don't want to offend you, but I would just say that it's. It, you, it reminds me of a mock draft because we, it's well, almost moot. And I sort of used the word mock in the column. Yes, I said, you think did. of the, you know, and I was kind of trying to poke fun at myself. And that's how I pitched it to my editor. I said, look, you know, we do mock drafts all the time, and they're silly and they're fun, and people like them. How about let's do some mock predictions with the idea that we can keep changing it until the season starts? Well, I think I'm in the minority because, Be- well, obviously, people click on this. People have read it. People love going through the schedule and talking about it and predicting it, where I'm just like, eh, okay, when the game, I mean, you can't predict the NFL, first of all, because it's no, not predictions. And I don't like predictions. In fact, during the season, we have to do weekly predictions for Michigan, Michigan State, and, and yeah. the Lions. And it's the only sport where we really do predictions through the season. You know, we might have to predict a playoff series. We haven't had those for a while for the Tigers, Red Wings, or Pistons. But, uh, oh, boy, I detest them, man. <laughs> well, it's I hate doing them. So the fact that I wrote a whole column doing this is kind of counterintuitive the way I, I normally do business. But Whenever yeah. whenever I see predictions, so I think of, I think of radio, naturally. That's, that's my background, right? So I think of people doing picks on the radio. <laughs> I I think it's the dumbest segment you can do because everybody has their own pick, and all you're doing is really you don't know. Nobody knows. And I used to no. talk to Jamie um, Samuelson, rest in peace, and he hated it too. But he had to do it. He's like, we have to do it. And now with gambling taking over everything, it's it's almost like it's a tie-in with one of your sponsors, and it's like. I what is what does it matter what this person thinks is going to happen in the game and who's going to win? And yeah, how nobody. I that. That's yeah, nobody. Yeah, nobody cares about what I think. I mean, sometimes people like to say, "Oh, you missed it. You're wrong," and throw it back in your face. So that's kind of fun for them, you know. Tear down the yeah. Well, I mean, now the person in the newspaper, which is which is fine. But no, Mark, the truth is, I really wrote it because, well, one, I thought it would be fun. But two, and but two, if you actually look at the schedule. They have a legitimate chance, based on what we saw at the end of last year and the moves they've made this offseason, they have a legitimate chance to really start out well, uh, even with an opening like loss at Kansas City. They get the National Football League stage themselves well with the Chiefs on Thursday night to open the season. And even with them losing, they've got a chance to start 6-2, and 7-2, and two, even 8-1 and one if they want to get radical. They pull out. And, and imagine the buzz and hype at that point. So... I I'd looked at the schedule when it came out, you know, a month ago, whenever it was, but I hadn't actually studied it and thought, wow, they, this actually sets up fairly well in theory, and um, and that could be something. So that that was why I really did it. Well, after I read it, of course, I had to go to the comments to look because I think you have you have them winning twelve, and my first thought is, well, is that uh, are people going to go? Well, there's a there's a homer. homer. That's all. Those are homer. Picks. You know what I predicted last season? What nine and eight? There you go. Well, look at you spread and out. I, and I didn't, and I, and it's funny because column. I thought about taking a shot at my colleague in a column, and and by saying if I were another kind of sports writer or another columnist of this paper, I would begin in this column with, "Hey, last year I predicted nine and eight, <laughs> and now I'm just adding three more wins, and I'm going to pat myself on the back." But I didn't want to do that to uh, to uh, Carlos. <laughs> well, and there was a comment right off the bat that's like pretty rose color assessment from Sean. Yeah, I could, I could. I, uh, no- I should have put the nine and eight in there. Probably would have helped my credibility. Well, it's it's the um, you can't win, right? But that was luck because in the past I predicted seven wins and they win three. But you, that's why you can't win because if you do too many wins, people are going to say, "Oh, there's the homer pick." If you pick, you know what Vegas picks, then you're copying them. If you do it less, then you're just trying to be Drew Sharp or something. It's almost it's almost futile and you can't win, but. It's a fun column. I, I it blows my mind how the Lions just they drive everything right now in the sports world. The, the Pistons have the fifth pick in the draft coming up Thursday, and nobody cares. No, they would have. They no had the cares. first pick. No, no. 
Look, man, the Lions are, are yeah, it's it's that way in most markets, right? The NFL is it's king. It, it is. And it's it's still the the sport that I think brings us together the most. You know, yeah. it attracts the most sort of different kind of fans from different walks of life. And I exactly. think that I think that's that's a cool part of the NFL. Whatever else you think of football. And, and baseball, you know, people love baseball, but I think um, going to the game is far different than following a team. No, for sure. And, and catching up on it. Baseball's lost its way a little bit. It has. And speaking of which, if you want to catch a game, we have a way for you to maybe go gratis. And uh, that's through the generosity of Drew Lane and Hall Financial. Um, Hall Financial is giving you a chance to assault the buffet at, um, at the Champions Club. With Drew's Champions Club tickets. All you have to do is call 866-CALL-HALL or visit callhallfirst.com slash Drew. You can get a five-minute mortgage review. Uh, now's, now's not a bad time to pull out equity if you want to pay off other high-interest debts or make home upgrades. they got a lot of things you can do with your mortgage. So if you're thinking about even buying a home, making sure you call Hall First. You get a five-star certified pre-approval. Realtors love it when you get pre-approved and you go searching for a home. Uh, so they will be drawing a winner soon, but uh, give give Hall a shot. 866-CALL-HALL or callhallfirst.com. Now, let's go. Uh, let's, I think we found our missing person. I, I have a feeling, though, just looking at him in the preview, that the connection might not be the greatest. Well, first off, he's got his, he's got his camera vertically. Hello, ML. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Good. Where are you at now? We, how long is this vacation going? Are you ever coming home? And where the hell are you? And turn your uh, turn, turn your phone horizontally. There you go. Tough crowds. Uh, I am at Jingling Geordie's, which is a pub not too far from the Royal Mile, where I'm watching a cricket match. And if you thought baseball was slow, try cricket. Oh my God! What an elitist right now. Um, I cannot understand the game of cricket. I've tried multiple times, and I've just given up because it it seems too stupid. Everything you hit is in play. It's almost exactly. like if, if if you've ever played. Um, so that would make baseball uh, fun. <laughs> yeah, we can go in the stands. Yeah, we used to play a game where you would steal a base. You just play catch, and whenever you try and steal a base between uh, pickle, mm -hmm. and um, it's like pickle. Wherever you hit the ball, you try and get to the other wicket and score a run. And uh, this can take all day. You can run on a foul ball. You can run on something that's hit past the wall the, the field is 360 degrees games are like seven days long or they can be yeah and they they skip the ball off the ground a bowler was like a pitcher can just throw any piece of junk at you and there's one particular pitch they call that's called a, a wicked googly so it gets weird it almost sounds like a, a, a sketch or a bit, a wicked googly. It sounds it sounds so incredibly made up. So how long are how long are you over there for? When are you coming back? Well, you guys are doing such a great job. Last week's show hit one fifty two in the uh, news commentary podcast rankings. I think this we may have found the secret formula. Which is you remotely? No, me at a pub, and you guys carry all the weight. <laughs> so before you go, um, not that we're trying to get rid of you, but, yeah, for, a little but, bit. but, but before you go, can you tell? And this is just for me. I know Mark doesn't care, but can you can you tell us what the Shetland Islands were like? Because you and I share that fascination, largely because of the show, the television detective show. Yeah. Well, before I get to that, uh, above me here, you can see George Best, who was oh, one of the best. Of yeah. Greatest football players and, of all time, and hands He's down reputed. one of the best one of the best drinkers of all time. 
Well, he's reputed to have drunk here, but again, that probably applies to every pub in the UK <laughs> and some in New York because I think he finished his career with the Cosmos. But yeah, he played in. I think he played in San Jose and I want to say Miami or Fort Lauderdale as well. So yeah, so Shetland was great. It, it's a beautiful place. It's a very small place, but just walking around or taking a bus, you can go see seals. You can see puffins. You can. Uh, you can uh, see prehistoric encampments. They have loads of seabirds, as you might expect from an island. And because it's so far north, it never really gets that dark in the summer. So it got kind of dusky around three or four in the morning. But otherwise, it's generally kind of a, a bright place until the winter when it rarely gets light out. But on our last day there, we saw them filming some uh, scenes from season eight of Shetland. And the woman, uh, um, I'm going to mess up her name now, but she was in extras. She was oh. Ricky Gervais's best friend. She was in a scene, and they were shooting it right outside this place where we had hoped to have breakfast. So she kind of owes me a scone. Wow. So when you're when you're on vacation, we'll we'll let you go soon. Uh, but when you're on uh, vacation, do you pay attention? Do you follow news? Do you or do you just totally disconnect? No, no, I, I buy a local paper no matter where I go, even if I'm just going uh, to Toledo, where uh, we may have to go for vacation next summer because it's turned out to be a little more expensive than I thought. <laughs> but speaking of which, people know that my Scottish heritage comes through in my finances. It's cost 50p to pee at the train station, so I didn't. <laughs> well, that's not just there, right? I remember uh, getting into the train station in Amsterdam. I took a took a train from the airport and needed to use the restroom and didn't have any coins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a thing. Hey, let's get your your take on because you're over there. A little, little cultural and uh, food cross uh, cross examination here. You mentioned scones. I saw a fabulous video the other day of several. I think they were in London. Several kids that were young teenager age maybe 12 11 12 13 and they were given biscuits and then biscuits with gravy and then biscuits with gravy and fried chicken and they were really confused by the biscuits they kept saying these are scones not biscuits biscuits are of course cookies over there right but where do you come down on scones because these kids after they tried all this and they couldn't imagine putting white gravy lumpy gravy as they call it which is actually sausage on a biscuit and I think they want to move to America now. But where do you come down on scones? I'm very scone skeptical. You need the Heimlich maneuver if you try a scone, right? Yeah, it, it, scones with butter are okay. I'm not really into jam, but uh, oh, you yeah, don't like I, fruit. I prefer to have some brown bread with a little Nutella and maybe some peanut butter. Uh, and of course, the cheese here is fantastic. I mean, they have so many different kinds of cheese. It's it's unbelievable. Well, enjoy your vacation. Have a have a pint on us. I'm very jealous that you're over there. It looks like a. It actually does look like I'd love to be in a in a pub right now somewhere in the UK. It's just a. Uh, it's a nice little happy place. He looks relaxed, doesn't he, Sean? He does. You look, you look handsome. About, about the news. Yeah. There, and I'm wearing my Shetland uh, soccer jersey. If you can see oh, it there, with uh, the uh, the little broadcast. the little commuter plane that flies to Shetland. Nice. Yeah, the Logan Air. But, um, and, and I had to buy a four X, which makes me feel a little <laughs> body sensitive, but I think it's just because everybody on Shetland, they're like the horses. They're about half the size of regular people. Huh. Well, enjoy your time. We will see you here next week in studio. Correct. 
Yes, sir. Look, one thing I do oh, want to tell yes. you about local rep- news, the local news is reporting that there was a billionaire on that sub that disappeared yes. uh, on the tourist trip to the Titanic. Yes, that uh, was kind of where we were going next. Yeah. There's some really interesting touristy type uh, things in the news. And starting with that submarine, um, I don't know if you want to hang on ML or not or talk about it, but they're still searching. This is a, a, a touristy submarine. I believe it cost a quarter of a million dollars to ride in it so you can go down and see the Titanic. Um, it disappeared. I heard there's like seven ways to get the sub back. And none of them are working. So the thought is maybe it's trapped inside the Titanic, which will make the next group to go down in the sub pretty interesting viewing as well. Yeah, uh, four four regular folks and one operator, right? Ocean Gate Expeditions. I don't know if I would call him a regular folk. I can't find his name right now. Uh, oh, he's a he's a billionaire. And, and let me ask you this, Mike, because you you've been over there and you're and you're a news guy, and this is a news program in a lot of ways. There was a really interesting tweet from a professor at Cambridge who wrote, So paying $200,000 to do entirely unnecessary shipwreck tourism will earn the state's resources and global sympathy should things go awry, but fleeing for your life and desperate livelihood merits being left to drown in large numbers as long as we are clear. So she's she's complaining about the coverage over there with uh, a ship that sunk and a lot of people were killed within the last month of folks trying to get to the get to Europe someplace in Europe I can't remember for a better life and she's talking about the differences in coverage between these five people on the submarine and those 70 or 80 people I can't remember how many off the top of my head and I'm curious if you've seen any of that play out over there yeah I know this this Greek ferry has been in the news for days and some of the reports now are saying that there were boats nearby that kind of watched people uh I guess foundering because they didn't i mean the suspicion is they didn't want to get involved and pick up immigrants um which i don't know whether that's true or not but there there's hundreds of people who are missing they don't know how many people are missing because of course most of these people are undocumented but now some of the reports are saying there may have been a hundred children who were below deck who were lost and will never have a full accounting of who is gone but this is you know this is a tragic thing and for people who don't care about foreign affairs and what happens in foreign lands and wars in Syria and things like that. The refugees are overwhelming most of these European borders and governments have fallen because the, the somewhat progressive governments who welcome refugees are getting a lot of pushback from people who are sick of, of immigrants coming in and quote unquote stealing their jobs, although most of the jobs they take are like the jobs that our grandparents took, which is cleaning people's houses running gas stations, picking produce, you know, miserable jobs that people don't want to do unless they have to. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a horrible thing. And one thing about this billionaire who went down, he is the latest billionaire to go down because uh, a Guggenheim drowned when the Titanic went down. John Jacob Astor IV, who mm-hmm. at the time may have been the richest man in the world, he went down on the boat. But one guy who didn't go down with the Titanic was a guy named uh, Ismay. <laughs> it sounded really cool in the Zoom. The White Star Line, and commissioned, yeah, he, he commissioned the building of the Titanic. And after he survived, he was criticized. And one of the things he was criticized for was that he had ordered the reduction of lifeboats on the Titanic and another massive ship called the Olympic from like forty-eight to sixteen. And so, for the rest of his life, he took a lot of grief for not only failing to go down with the ship, but making some cost saving measures that prevented 
hundreds, if not thousands, a thousand people from getting to safety. One th- one thing for Mike, for our listeners, and I'm sure you've read this uh, in the coverage, but the submarine, which is about the size of a hot tub that's been mm-hmm. turned on its side, is bolted in or bolted shut from the outside. Yeah, and just the idea of that—I mean, I mean, never mind being down thirteen thousand feet, right? At yeah. the bottom, of, at the bottom of the ocean. The, but but the, for the sub to handle the pressure of all the, the of all that weight of all that water, um, they had to bolt it in. So even if yeah I, I just the claustrophobia of that's not oh, a word it, but it's just a terrible way to die yeah i mean not, that being bolted, a great way to die but just but. The, the the idea of being bolted in you know it's funny 60 minutes did a big story on this sub not that long ago and i remember watching it my first thought was "Ooh, i'd love to do that and then in the 60 minutes piece it went missing for a few i think two hours it went off course and i'm like "Ooh, i don't know if i'd want to do that now and here you have i think the billionaire's name is hamish uh hamish harding who also just went to space recently so this guy is just having a blast going all over the world and out of the world um, but I, I, I take exception to that person that had that tweet because you can follow. So they're, they're upset with the coverage What they don't think there's enough coverage of the Greek, uh, fairy from her, from her perspective. Yeah. I, I'm not making well, a comment. I don't know. Her, I'm not, I'm that's not from over her there perspective. So are we bad people for being interested in this submarine? Uh, more than the seven. No, I think you can migrants. be. You can be. Both. You can be interested in both, right? And yeah. and have some have some sympathy for or empathy for both. I don't know. That tweet just bothered me because it seemed a little. Um, I, one of ML's favorite phrases: virtue signaling. Like, hey, I know this one individual billionaire is missing, um, along with four crew members. But here's 750 migrants trying to make a better life, and no one cares. When that's just not true. People do care. Yeah, I don't know if it's virtue signaling or not, but. I mean, the, if he was Amish instead of Hamish, he'd be alive today. Christ's sake. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. You're going out on that incredibly low note. And By the way, the background stress. noise is great. Well, I was going to say that the Zoom is kind of breaking up, and there's a lot of people. It's good to see you, though. We're, we're looking yes. forward to having you back. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'll be here next week, though, Mike. So What? Where are you going? Right. On vacation. All right, see you, ML. Enjoy that pint, my man. Cheers. Where are you going, Sean? Nowhere. <laughs> so you can't spend two hours doing the podcast? I'm not doing it. I've made that mistake before. I, I, I want a week off. I don't want Tuesday to be uh No, actually, I'm going to go to Vegas. For, are you really? For summer league ball, yeah. Oh, I want to go to Vegas. Why, why, you know, why not do a sub? Would you go, like, if that sub came up, and like, hey, everything's fine. We found the guy. You know, would you go? No, because it's too it? small, and you can't even stand up in it, right? I mean, you, you, can, barely, you can barely sit in it. So I, your, problem, your problem with... Um, the submarine during the Titanic is that you wouldn't be able to stand up in the sub. No, it's it's being that cramped for that long. You know, at least on an airplane, you can get up and use the restroom when you're flying across the country. Would you rather do what this guy did in the submarine um, and go look at the Titanic, or would you rather launch into space? Or well, would space. You... I mean, really? even though it might be more dangerous. I mean, who I think knows? the view it... would be better. Yeah, I'd rather go to space. Plus, the sub had no, you can't see anything. It's You go down there just to look at a monitor. Really? I thought I thought oh, it had a big the, bubble. Oh, there's a there's yeah, a you can see out. There's a bubble at the end of it. And yeah. they have giant lights, but I mean Yeah, there's a bubble at the end of it. No, I'd rather go into space. I don't know. I kinda agree with a lot of folks that are talking I mean it's a little macabre, it's a little uh you know, like folks coming oh, to it's a gravesite. The, the idea of ruin porn in Detroit with some of the buildings, it just yeah. I I have no interest in that. Really? What about the what about uh, the Coliseum in Rome? I mean that's technically ruin porn. 
Is it? That's well, an ancient building. Yeah, half of it's destroyed. Yeah, but it survived for however long it survived. It didn't. It didn't. Well, the Titanic it didn't is- start falling down and. Uh, you know, a lot of societal ills, right? I mean, I know eventually it probably did, but at least it had a little run. But the, it had a little run, unlike the Titanic, which did, which did nothing whatsoever. No, I was thinking more of some of the some of the structures that folks were coming to see in Detroit for a while, just looking at the destruction. That was a thing. No, I know it's. Hey, it still it is. Probably still is. Yeah, the urban adventurers that like to take uh, photos. A lot of them from Europe, by the way, right? Young Europeans uh-huh. who are fascinated with Detroit. Yeah, which I, and once again, I get it. Not everybody's going to like it, but I understand. I understand. I mean, we we live by it, so it's kind of a an annoying um, aspect of living in this area. Is that yes, the city is just cannot have the recovery we want it to, and they're coming and looking at it and then leaving. But, but here's the but, que- here's the question though about the summer. Another question, yes. not the question, but another question. I'm curious for your opinion here on this sub, and that is, I saw a couple of people. Um, a couple of stories sort of equating it to folks who want to go up to the top of Mount Everest mm-hmm. and how much the state should get involved. How much, in other words, yeah. if somebody has the resources and money to take a private expedition and it, what, what was the cost? 200, $250,000. Mm-hmm. Should they also incur the risk of, you know, or have some kind of insurance if the state has to get involved to, to save them? I mean, that's an interesting thought. It's kind of a, well, it can sound heartless, but it's it's an interesting I know, thought. But when somebody is, str- I mean, isn't that don't we want that out of society where yeah, okay, all hands on deck to save this person? No, I wouldn't mind sending him <laughs> no, a nice we do. bill. After we do. The fact. I mean, we do that with you know how ice fishermen will go out and maybe get the ice will break off and they have to be saved, and a lot of times they will send them the bill for being saved. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, that's but that seems reasonable. But if but if somebody's stuck and a flood comes, then. You go get them, yeah, and you, uh, and you don't bill them. I, I mean, you go get everybody, right? Exactly. But. That's kind of how I feel. It's funny you said Everest. There's a story I was reading last week about a Chinese um, citizen who was climbing up Everest, got separated from their guide, and was kind of frozen and dying. And another group of Chinese tourists are coming up with their Sherpa, and they saw her, frostbitten hands, um, just blue skin, but still breathing. And so they saved her. They didn't go to the top of Everest. They took her back down to base camp. They got her oxygen. The Sherpa and the, these groups saved them. And then they sent her a bill. <laughs> she was better. I think it equated about ten grand. And guess what? She don't want to pay it. She doesn't want to pay it. She paid about two grand. So Chinese social media, where I'm on all the time, constantly on oh, Chinese cool. social media, are just dragging this lady through the mud because she won't pay ten grand for saving her life. I think when your life gets saved, don't you pay whatever. You can be it actual money or um, you're through your gratitude. You show a lot of gratitude. A lot of times it's with money. But you you try do because the people that saved your fucking life. The, the people that saved her probably lost out on the investment that they had to try they to get to the top. They didn't of the get mountain, to go to right? the top exactly, which is why they they sent her the bill. And she's like, "No, nah, I'm not paying it." But no, I mean, yeah, it's not the government. These China. are these are private folks that did this. Yeah, so show some. But you still. But to your point, yes, the U.S. Coast Guard is looking for this billionaire trying to help find the submarine to bring him back and I, you know and they, and they should i'm not it, saying they shouldn't it's, it's but annoying it's fuck but yes they should go get well, yeah as, on the human level just showing humanity this is absolutely try to save anybody no matter the circumstances right and then you send them a massive bill and hopefully i mean think about what happens and we know this probably more from from fiction and from tv shows and movies but it does happen from time to time 
somebody's out there and they've killed something or they've killed somebody and the police get them or the police shoot them in order to stop them but they don't kill them right away um they take them the first thing to do is take them to the hospital and try to save their life even though they just murdered somebody that's the that's the social agreement we have right sure no we don't we just don't don't just let them die just because of what they've done you save their life and then go and then put them through the justice system in the doctors save their lives now i would say you know to be in as big of a hurry maybe for some of those people well, I mean, it'd be yeah. I can certainly understand Same. why people would think that. But you're right. The, but the police, the police still yeah. get an ambulance there. The ambulance gets to the hospital, and the hospital tries to save the life of somebody who's probably going to end up uh, the rest of their life in prison. And if they're in a state, maybe end up you know save their life only to get them to the death penalty. So right. that's it's what we do, and I mean, we should. That's a good point because so often we see so many bad stories about police killing people, but. Think about all the lives they save, even for people whose lives maybe shouldn't be saved. No, and, we, and, and, and I'm sure the police, there are probably plenty of individual cops that, or sheriffs or deputies or whatever that do not enjoy that or don't want to do it, but they're doing it out of duty, and um, and it's their job, yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's the social pact we have with society, and, I, and I, I've always loved that. What other social pacts with society do we have, Sean? Uh, to let somebody take the take a break to the bathroom. No, I oh, don't do you know. Have to go to the we have to pay. We have to uh, pay the piper, I'm so just, to speak. I'm just. I, I just. I. I agree with you, but it's just the idea of these social contracts make me laugh. I don't know. But we do. But um, if we didn't have them, then we'd just be. Uh, it'd be anarchy, basically. There were right? two. Yes. Yes. I mean, seriously, that's what we no. have. Yeah, that's why you have laws, but it doesn't seem like anybody likes to follow. People just follow whatever rules they want to follow nowadays. Well, it's not just the laws. There's also a lot of other f- factors. We don't need to get into sociology and psychology here, groupthink, but uh, shame, you know, fear drives us a, a lot of, you know, organization and society. It's very, very deep. Right? Yeah. You know, you don't want to, yeah. I mean, I, w- I wanted to mention there were two other um, kind of vacation death type story obsessed with death man and uh, oh, yeah. and, and vacations and no 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 we're all we all are but i mean you're obsessed with a particular kind of death well these next two are, are places i've i've actually been to so it could have been me um one is the the castle in germany in bavaria it's i'm gonna mispronounce a new weinstein or whatever it's what cinderella's castle is based on and anybody that's been there knows there's in the distance away from it, you can hike up to it is a bridge really long bridge over this deep crevasse and a michigan man um there were two other asian women there i think from illinois and he was kind of hitting on him i think he allegedly sexually assaulted one and it didn't go so well so he pushed him off this thing 165 feet i think down killed one of them i mean horrific story but once again all i can think of is yeah that's why i don't that's why i didn't like that bridge my whole family made fun of me but i don't like going on it's not a fear of heights. It's a fear of heights in touristy areas no, where, a, because lot, where you, a lot of people go. You foresaw the possibility of a sociopath pushing you off the bridge. You foresaw that. Well, I just, At your tender age. How old were you? Um, last time I was there? Yeah, when you were when your parents were making fun of you. How old were you? Oh, no, no. It wasn't my parents making fun of me. It was my wife. Oh, your wife. Okay, okay was, so, so, you weren't, so you weren't, so you weren't uh, you know, 14 or whatever. No, but my family, my daughters, who are 9 and 5, are making fun of me at Niagara because we did the Ferris wheel, and it's a control thing. I don't like being in a Ferris wheel because it stops. Yeah, it takes forever to get off. Thank you. It doesn't just go. And then, I mean, it goes around a couple times, but... Then I'm sitting there looking at the bolts, and I just figure they're going to snap off because so many people are riding it, and nobody's maintaining it. 
I know it's totally irrational. No, we all we all I have those. I would get on a rocket tomorrow and go to space, which is far more dangerous. We all have those. Without giving away too much of my secret bougie inclinations, I recently had some shelves put in the kitchen, and there are no brackets, traditional sort of brackets, braces under them holding up, right? So you can't see how they're held up. I've watched them get built. And um, I had to do some wall repair and strengthening behind the, the wall to even prepare for these. But the um, how to describe these brackets? You've probably seen them. They're basically it's like having a male, and it's a it's a I don't know half inch round. Oh, and yeah. you, you drill into the shelf and you screw these brackets. But there's not a lot of backing on them. It's it's basically a, a rod that's eight ten inches, however long you, you want. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then the backing on that rod isn't more than a couple of inches, and you, that's where the screw holes are, and those go into the into the wall, the studs, ideally. But I watched them put in, and the brackets are horizontal. So in other words, the, the, they're two or three inches are wide and horizontal instead of vertical. And I thought, well, won't they have more stability if they're vertical? And the guy's like, no, 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 they're, they're fine this way. So every time I put a plate <laughs> or a heavy mug or something on this shelf, I, all, that's all I can think about. Yeah. Is, even how, is this going to be the plate that topples the whole fucking thing down? Excuse well, my language. Well, I think uh, you try to live logically, right? Like, you know, yeah, that's ridiculous to... paranoia. Yeah. And, and I, I, you and know, that, I'm I'm pretty handy. My and have done things and can build a few things here and there, and I, I should know better. But for some reason, it gets to me. But that's why you know these irrational fears of like riding a Ferris wheel or um, I don't know walking. Well, the, that was the other uh, death story. Was the guy at the Grand Canyon? You know, the glass bottom bridge that goes over the canyon that you can walk on. Some guy either jumped off or fell off of that into the Grand Canyon over the weekend. And it's like, yeah, I don't like those glass floor things, even though logically I know they're okay. And I'm not going to fall through it, but I weigh too much, and there's too many other tourists around. Yeah, and I hate them. I hate them with a passion. It's like flying. Sometimes you look out the window when you're 33,000 feet up, and you're like, "Why is the engine not falling off?" But I love that. Like I love being in in in, in even small planes that move around, which are far more dangerous, I would think, than than one of those bridges. But logically, I just I don't know. It kind of freaks me out. I no. can't get over it. Well, and now your fears have been confirmed because some some soci- sociopathic asshole in pushed, a way, pushed in some a, people off. In a way, it makes it more fun because uh, you, know, oh, you never, so know, you never know what can happen. So the expense, uh, so somebody had to die for your, your fun. Yeah, to live dangerously. Okay. I, any other deaths you, you always wanna... make me feel like I'm a bad, bad person. No, 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 no. I'm just uh, having some fun. I'm sitting in Mike's seat, so that kind of goes with the territory. There right? you go. Hey, if, uh, if, you're looking, out judgment. if you're looking to have fun, uh, there's a good place you can go. It's the Irish Coffee Bar and Grill. They're one of our newest sponsors. If you've ever been to the east side, you already know they have the best burgers in town. They are in Gross Point on Mac Avenue, and they're serving up those awesome hamburgers for just 5 bucks Monday from 5 to 11. And then on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, they have Sloppy Joes you can get. Uh, whenever you go, though, you're going to find great food, great vibes at a classic Irish pub, even run by a Kennedy. So there's nothing, I don't think there's anything more Irish than that. And, of course, ML will be there, so you can feed him if you go to Irish Bar. Um, Irish Coffee Bar and Grill, you can feed ML because he'll be there. It's almost like he's a zoo animal. He wants you to go to all these places where he's going to be so you can feed him. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that contribution. No, absolutely. (laughs) No, you're right. That's great. (laughs) And to make all the money to feed ML, uh, you need to invest. You need to make your money grow. That's why we recommend Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth. If you have questions about your financial future, if you're wondering if you're even going to be able to reach all your financial goals, call Luke Nowacki at 248 
663-4748. Free consultation. He'll help your uh, money make money, so maybe you don't have to work as hard or as long into your life so you can go on vacation and possibly die. How's that for a promo? Oh, back to the death because, on vacation. Because Luke Nowacki, he makes it all about you, sweetheart. All about, oh, jeez, I missed Where's up. the music? It's right here. Hang on. Come on, man. Juggling too many things right Securities now. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Is him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Sean, did you bring a Geek of the Week? No, I knew you would. Oh, come on, man. That's not my thing. Boy, you really do need this vacation coming up. Do I? Why? Because I didn't bring a Geek of the Week? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you won't join us next week. <sighs> it's all right. I'm just going to guilt you into doing it. Okay. No, uh, my Geek of the Week is a guy named Nicholas Maluga, and I'm sure you're saying, who the fuck is that? Nicholas Maluga. Nicholas went to a concert over the weekend. It was the BB Rexa concert. Do you know who BB Rexa is? Have you ever heard of her? Oh, yeah, yeah. I read a story about her recently. Did you see what happened to her? Somebody threw a phone at her and hit her in the head. Smack in the face and ended the concert. She had to have stitches. She had to have stitches. She had a black eye. It ended the show. I mean, everybody that went and paid money to go see her was kind of, you know, just pissed off because, hey, what happened to our show? Because this asshole threw his phone at her. Now, thankfully, everybody else had their phone in their hand and they were filming it so we could watch it. Um and he actually says that he was trying to see if he could hit her with the phone at the end of the show because it would be funny. Like that, that's what he claimed, which is what an asshole. And therefore that's why he is our Sean geek of the week. all right room 7609 this is ml's uh i think favorite part of the show where he dives into new wave bands and um, i spent way too much time trying to find a song this week unless you had one sean uh, not a new wave song which by the way when you had that song um i cannot remember the name of the artist uh, Abby, Abby May, Abby May. Uh, a lot of people like that, so maybe, uh, maybe we need to get involved in picking the song more often. Oh, people, people like that, eh? Yeah, but I was thinking uh, I'd be happy to do that. Oh, Mike's coming back, so you know. ML doesn't ever seem to pick many um, female acts, which I can hear him. Let me see. Yep, I can hear him yelling at the podcast of all the female acts that he has picked in the past. So I was thinking of New Wave female acts, the Bengals, you know, because I don't go that deep. But then I was thinking of the Go Go's, and uh, didn't want to do the popular ones. Uh, the song did chart, though, so maybe it is popular. Uh, but it's Turn to You. Do you know this song? And they're, they're, to, me, uh, they're, to me, there's a very interesting uh, local area connection. Turn to You cool. with the Go-Go's. I like it already.
Does that get the uh, Sean Windsor? I, I, yeah, I like that. That's fun. It's got some energy. Seal of approval. I like the Go-Go's. Yeah, they're fun. Part of their uh, allure to me, too, is what rock stars they were. And what I mean by that is what partiers they were. They partied hard. Do you confuse uh, Belinda Carlisle with Brandy Carlisle? Who's Brandy? I don't know who Brandy. Oh, is that the is she country singer? Sort of country kind oh, of folk. I know who she yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, yeah, yeah, I know she is. That um, that song is uh, Belinda's uh, least favorite go-go song, too, so whatever. Oh, bloop, really? That's a little bloop fact for you. And if you watch the video, and I watched it, and I'm like, wait a sec, that look, that guy looks really familiar. It's Rob Lowe is in that video before Outsiders, before he was Rob Lowe, so it's kind of a fun video. So you're like, who's that handsome fella? Yeah, but the local angle on this is that song was written about... Um, Former Dodger pitcher, I can't remember. Oakland who A's, Oakland A's, Dodgers three times. Yeah, he, I think he probably moved around, but he made his. He, he was best for the A's, right? And it's Bob Welch, who uh, born in Detroit, pitched. Oh boy, where did he pitch? High school in Hazel Park, um, and then went to Eastern Michigan in, in the seventies. Eastern Michigan, by the way, was in the World Series. They were the World Series of baseball or baseball world, college baseball World Series runner up in 1976. You don't think that Eastern whatever had that much success, or at least I don't. Uh, but Welch was on that team, a very dominant team. And Bob Welch very famously also was an alcoholic and wrote a book about it. And he met up with the Go-Go's in the early 80s because I think Belinda Carlisle was dating a Dodger pitcher. And that's when he was drinking a ton. That's when they were partying a ton. And so he got together with uh, the guitarist, Charlotte Caffey. And it was not a match made in heaven because there was too much partying going on. And that's why she wrote that song. If you look at the lyrics, I mean, it's a real, it's a, it's a kind of like a breakup song or why is this guy such an asshole type song? It doesn't sound like that because it's got such a poppy feel on it. By the way, that's why you and I can't hang out because why? there's too much partying. <laughs> You're right. You know what I mean? Too, too, too much booze. I've seen you outside this uh, studio. What does that mean? You were, uh, you were enjoying yourself. Let's just say that. Are you just saying that, or did you really? Where did you see me? Oh, at a tailgate, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's tailgate. A tailgate. That's a different mark that comes out. Yeah, no, I saw that mark. That's a fun mark too. I'm wait. I can't wait for that mark to return. That was still a kind. You weren't. You weren't an angry. I'm not uh, angry. No, you were very kind uh, in that state. You know, some people don't. I mean, some people are. You know, the demons come out when they get uh, oh, a little freed oh, yeah. up with. Uh, the devil's juice. You know I'm, what I mean? I'm not an angry partier by any... I'm not an angry person, I don't think. No, you're not. A lovely person. So kind. And look at you stepping into uh, Mike's role. This is a beautiful thing, man. It just shows how easy it is. Um, but yeah, go goes turn to you. <laughs> I, just, I love the idea of saying all these things because he can't respond. No, he can't. Although I have a feeling that next week's show might just be a list of grievances he had about the last two weeks. But I'm sure it could be, and I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, it'll be too bad I won't be here for that. Feel free to to uh, rate and review the show once again. Please, please give it five stars. It helps, and then tell us how much you hate uh, each every every one of us individually. That's the the good way to do it. Or you can provide feedback. We had some feedback. Um, ML sent them over, and they were well, oh, one was 
praising you for your pick of 7609. And then a donation came in because of Sisters, Sisters of Mercy Month with ML. They were just happy that they played. You can also donate to the show, mlsolodetroit.com, little donate button there. And believe me, it's we appreciate every single penny that comes into the show. So send us all your feedback and, uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe us, spread the word, get us out there. Cause without you guys, there, there really is no show, zero show. Um, so yeah. What else do you have coming up this week, Sean? What's going on? With uh, it's kind of a busy week, you know, for, for June. What are we, are we in late June yet? Yes. Yeah. It's we, almost 4th of July. Yeah, normally you kind of start winding down a little bit, but, uh, yeah, we talked about the lions earlier and all that craziness. So are you going to keep writing about the lions then to uh, the end of the season? I mean, how do you mix it you up? Mean, you mean until the beginning? Well, the problem is the camp starts early this year. It starts in late July. It started a week early. I think they did that because they start on the Thursday night, uh, uh, to open the season ahead of everybody else. But in all honesty, how many, how many, how many angles and stories can you find about this team? Well, we're going to have to. I mean, I, I'm not going to go out there every day, but it's not going to be like in some years past where I might check in once at camp or twice at camp, sure. and, then, and then you know for August and that's it. It'll it'll certainly be more than that. So for the rest of this week, Steve Eiserman's uh, going to talk soon about the upcoming NHL draft. Troy Weaver, the general manager of the Pistons, is going to talk, and the NBA drafts Thursday night. So I've got that. Let me, let me ask you this. Uh, were you there? You were at Lions Camp last year, right, obviously. Or at least not as much as this year. Yeah, I was there a little bit, yeah. Okay, so Hard Knocks is there, correct? Yep. Um, is there a different – I mean, do they – Do I always think when there's a camera around, people act differently, without a doubt, no matter who has the camera. I don't think on the on the practice field, I don't think it matters. Okay. That so, there are cameras out there all over the place. I mean, these what, guys you, play you tend in, to forget about it. Yeah, they do. They play in front of cameras. You you do tend to forget about it. You've been in front of a camera occasionally, right? Well, I, that's, that's what I was gonna say. One camera, you you know, right? People will act differently if you have a camera on. I mean, just pull a camera out anywhere. You but are if it's there long enough, you start to forget. Or if there's a bunch of them, you start to forget, which is kind of paradoxical. No, or you do, or for players, NFL players that are used to being on stage at least uh, once a week. All fall, right? So they, they can probably forget, too. I, I don't know how much it changes the cameras that go inside the film rooms, the, the meeting rooms. I don't think they go in the locker room. But um, hmm. but they do go into a lot of places that reporters, you know, regular reporters that cover the team don't go. Um, so maybe that was an adjustment. I was, but, just, I was just curious. Like, I mean, the, But they're there all camp, so you're going to get used to them. Because you're talking about the buzz, and there was a buzz last year because HBO was there. I, I would assume yeah, it's no, a different type of buzz. Yeah, it is. And even just the, the way the team, you, it's hard to tell much. They don't even have pads on when they're in the mini camp. But they, uh, there's some swag to them. We'll see. I mean, they're going to have to win or they're going to lose it real quick. But there's, there's a little swag to them. Oh it's my funny. <laughs> this city might just no. Get, this no, city is going to explode if they do well. And oh my god, if it will they be don't, such it's going to deflating. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be really off, painful if they start off zero three. But if they really do well and like actually even win a playoff game, I mean, right? Yeah, we'll see. No, but seriously, can you imagine oh. what that'll feel like for the the folks that love hey, this team? I'm old enough of, to remember when they when they were in the playoffs and they won their one playoff game since 1957. Like I rem- I remember that in that play that that Silverdome was awesome it was just a great atmosphere. it was well when they beat the cowboys right yeah Yeah, it was crazy they destroyed them and then of course they lose to the redskins yeah but but even that game was uh, that was 91 so what is that 32 years ago wow yeah 
32 years. God, this franchise. A single playoff game, 32 years. <laughs> One de- depressing franchise. I know, I know. But it might just, who knows? I mean, maybe they've stumbled into something that's really good. We'll see. We'll check out all of Sean's writing and, uh, of course, the podcast, the Sean and Carlos podcast. And... Yeah, thanks for joining us. ML will be back next week. Sean will be gone, and maybe one of these days the whole band will be back together. But until then, Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? What stupid thing did ML do? He was a bit of a snoop. The son's a pretty popular guy around here. Poked his nose around in a lot of dangerous places. He's dead. I'm not going to leave this country till I find ML Ulrich. Alive or dead. Just hold anywhere in any way. You can tie my hands. You can blindfold me. I just want my boy back.